And we are people who are with faith to say, God, I'm faithful to you and I will do it one step at a time and I, I keep growing towards you. You, you. you can do the rest of my life. And so we trust Him by stepping out in faith. Yeah. We, don't, we don't play small. There's no point in playing small. God has called us for greatness. Small is not who we are. We need to remember that we are eagles. We must fly for God's glory. Hallelujah. So we need to step out in faith. Somebody say glory. Secondly, if we are going to realize our potential, we must eliminate the distractions. Eliminate the distractions. You know, David was distracted, was distracted by Bathsheba. He was supposed to be at battle, but he was not. And that's when he saw Bathsheba. And that became the distraction that led him to sin. Eventually, killing Uriah, who was Bathsheba's husband. Distractions we must eliminate because they hamper the level of our achievement. If you don't deal with the distractions in your life, your achievements will be muted. Mm. But we don't want your achievements to be muted. We want them to be as great as they can be so that they glorify God. Samson was, delight, was distracted by Delilah. Every single chance, that's what Delilah was doing, trying to find the next way to bring him down, the next way to bring him down. You don't want that. You don't want people even around you who are constantly trying to get you out of the faith. Trying to constantly lead you astray. Trying to constantly say, no, you don't need to study now. Let's just go out. You don't need that. You need to be focused on the mission. You need to be focused on the objective. Somebody say glory. glory. And then point number two. Or point number three. Realize and pursue your potential by focusing on glorifying God. You must plan and strategize for it. Sit down and say in the areas of my life, God, these are the things that I know you have called me for. I've seen that when I do this, I do it well. I've seen that when I do this, it has an impact. But now, God, I want to pray that you take me to the next level. Somebody say next level. The Father, I, I'm trusting you for the next level. I, I have been flowing. I, I, you know, people are impressed, but, but I'm, I'm beyond impressing people. I, I want to go to the next level. Somebody say next level. When you operate at the next level, it is evident to all. When you operate at the next level, it's undeniable. When you operate at the next level, your impact is accentuated. So you must set your mind to say, God, I will operate at the next level. I will not settle. I will not settle for the ordinary. I will not settle. I will not settle for mediocrity. I will not settle. But don't settle. There is a next level. Every single time I challenge myself that God, I refuse. I refuse to be satisfied by what I've done in the past. I refuse. Amen. There is the next level that God, you have called me for. I, I refuse to be impressed by how I've impressed people. Mm. I refuse. Because that can get you to rest on your laurels. Mm. But, but, but you need to arise and say, God, you are glorified when I go to the next level. Mm. Because when you go to the next level, people will watch and they are like, wow. Mm. It can only be God. Yes. 
People must look at your life and what you do, how you exert yourself, what you achieve and say, you are good, but it can only be through God. You are smart, but no, it can only be God. Your story points to God. Your life points to God. Hallelujah. Plan for excellence. Be diligent about it. That's how you realize your potential. It is impossible to realize your potential in the absence of excellence. It's not possible. You will be good, you will impress some people, but it will not be your potential. It will not be. Now, what is excellence? Excellence is about being the best you for the glory of God. That's it. Many of us think that excellence is inaccessible because we we measure it relative to people. We we benchmark it that oh if if if, if, if that that the power does it that way that that's the standard and then therefore I I'm not an excellent person. No, excellence is about you. It is you waking up this morning and say how can I do my best for God's glory. When you change your mindset like that, you realize that excellence is accessible to you. Excellence is accessible to me. Because if you are doing the best of you, that cannot be improved upon by anybody who was you in your position. So that's the mindset that I want you to hold. To say the way to realize my potential is through excellence. And the way to excellence is by me giving what? My best. Is that clear? Amen. And you see, excellence, God rewards. It's glorifying to God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Excellence creates platforms for you. You will be surprised. There are people that you might even know. Who you were like, I don't know, they were not very good or whatever. But because they were diligent and they did the best of all they had, their resources, their capacity, their knowledge, their intellect, exerting themselves to do their best, suddenly they have been elevated. Suddenly they have platforms. Just because they focused on being the best of themselves. And that's how you give your all for God's glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody say glory. glory. And we see it in the Bible. Now this is now the transition. We see people who have given their all to pursue their potential. Which glorified God. We see it with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You know those Hebrew boys when they found themselves in a situation where constantly they were being pushed to kneel to other gods but the true God, to kneel before Nebuchadnezzar. But they had set their minds to say, we will not bow to any other God. Mm. You know, at that point, I mean, you, you, when you go through the story of Daniel, you see he's been elevated multiple times. But remember, the promotion did not come from men. Mm. Your promotion and the position you have is because of God and not because of the person who placed you there. And so, if someone places you in that position, and now they want you to behave in ways that are not aligned with God's values, you must refuse. It's not them who placed you there. It is God Almighty. And so Daniel understood that. 
That yes, I might have administrative positions in this, in this place and in this, in this kingdom, in this, in this land that is not ours. But just because I have a favorable position does not mean I'm going to compromise my faith. So we must refuse to compromise on our faith. We must refuse to let go of the potential we have. Because when you see the story of Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, you see that God elevated their impact. The more they remain faithful to what God had called them for, the more they remain faithful to their potential, God kept elevating them. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I told you about Jesus. Do you remember I told you we'll touch on Jesus? I said that our faith is predicated on the fact that Jesus died on the cross without sin. When Jesus was born, he had the potential to live a life that was sinless. Potential. When he was born, it was potential because he had not lived those years. Right? He had to ensure that every single day of his life, he does not sin once. Think about that. If Jesus sinned once, just once, you and I are not gathered here today. He had to every day pursue his potential. God had made available the grace. You see it. He, he mentions it when the, when the serpent tempts him, when the enemy tempts him. And he responds with scripture every time. He responds with scripture. Because scripture equips us and qualifies us for the work. But that's what Jesus did every day of his life. He was pursuing this potential that he had. To make sure that on that day, it was one day. That he was going to be hung on the cross. Just that one day. That moment. He prepared for that moment. Over 33 years preparing. For one moment. One moment. Day one. One years old. Five years old. Ten years old. Preparing for one moment. That was going to change the course of history. That was going to change destinies forever. Preparation day after day. Day after day. Day after day. I mean sometimes you probably hadn't even known where Judas is. But he just had to prepare. Because that's how he then glorified God. Him pursuing that potential of living a life without sin ensured that God can be glorified when he died on the cross as a lamb that was without sin. I'm going to dwell on this. I know you guys know the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews 4 verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet was without sin. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. 1 John 3 verse 5. And last one I'll just read. There's many you, you can get the evidence yourself. And you know this because it's our faith. John 8 verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And Peter says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood, 
as of a lamp, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. Now let's close it off with another person who then pursued his potential for the glory of God because our potential and our greatness, us achieving greatness is linked to the glory of God. It is for the glory of God. It glorifies God when we realize our potential, when we unleash the greatness in us. This is the story of Joseph. Does anybody know Joseph? Joseph for me is a fascinating character. A remarkable man whose life is documented in the Bible in the book of Genesis and we're going to read that. And what you're going to see as we go into the story of Joseph is that Joseph gave his best regardless of where he was. That's all he focused on. He just did the best that he can do. That's it. And that is a reminder to us that our best is enough and we just need to focus on that. That's it. He just focused on doing his best nonetheless. When you look at the circumstances that Joseph was in, it made sense for him to not even do anything. Look, if I was Joseph, I probably would not have saved people like he saved people. Because I would have quit a long time ago. When you read the story of Joseph, you realize that, no man, how does someone get to this level? But it was a focus on doing his best Nonetheless, it's a pattern, it's an attitude that we see in his life that he just did his best nonetheless. He did it, gave his best nonetheless, even for the benefit of those who were his enemies. Those who were his capturers. Those who put him in prison without cause. So let's read the book of Genesis. Someone put open for us the book of Genesis. You're going to read a few verses for us. And this is the, the powerful story that you see of this young, remarkable man that was Joseph. So Genesis chapter 41. I want someone who's going to read a few verses for us. A few passages. We will start with verse 7 to verse 12. Alright, I can read it. I can read it. I'll read it so we move for time. It reads as follows. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Pharaoh obviously being the king. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them this, uh, told them his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Verse 9. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man, he interpreted according to his own dream. This is very important, what the chief butler is saying. The chief butler had abandoned Joseph. He was with Joseph in, the, in prison, and made promises to Joseph, right? And then now, 
Joseph was hoping this would be the person who helps him and he was actually trying to say, when you go out there, you know, remember me. Mm. And he was forgotten. Yeah. But if people might forget you, God won't forget you. Amen. Amen. Although people forgot him, God troubled Pharaoh. God sees you in every situation. Amen. He remembered Joseph and troubled Pharaoh with a dream. Amen. And Pharaoh realized my dream needs to be interpreted. Mm. And Pharaoh caused commotion, caused all and called all the magicians of Egypt to come and say, interpret this dream. Mm -hmm. God was creating a situation for, for Joseph to flourish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God was designing a circumstance for Joseph to unleash his potential. Mm -hmm. Verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to, jo to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand the dream to interpret it. But listen to the response of Joseph in verse number 16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, It is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer. Joseph is saying, hey, don't give me the glory. Yeah. <laughs> There's somebody who deserves and owns the glory. Yeah. It is not I that achieves this excellence. Yeah. It is not I who is able to interpret those dreams. It is the enabling power of God that works within me. Amen. And the same works in us. And so he was the, redirecting the glory to God. <laughs> so God made an intervention divinely that created situations for Joseph to flourish. Mm. You and I may be a God intervention away from circumstances being created for us to flourish. Mm. We may feel that we have been had done by, badly treated in circumstances that are not conducive, but, but, but we are a God intervention away from our circumstances changing. Somebody say glory to God. Verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find mm. such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of God. Oh, yes. Because Joseph had just interpreted the dream. <laughs> can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the spirit of God. Mm. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all of this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house. <laughs> this person had a prison water over him. This is Joseph. He was being ruled by a prison water. Now, the ruler of Egypt says, no, you will be over me in a matter of days or seconds or minutes. Just after interpreting the dream. I don't care how low you feel you're fallen. It just takes God's civil intervention to change your situation around. Amen. You might feel that you've gone too deep. You might feel you have lost touch too much. But you are just one God intervention away Amen. from being elevated. Amen. From being in a position where you can soar like an eagle. Amen. And Pharaoh said, Inasmuch as God has shown you all of this, there's no one as discerning as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. 
Only in this, in regard to the throne, will I be greater than you. Mm. Joseph was basically the de facto ruler of Egypt. Mm. He was the ruler of Egypt, just that Pharaoh just had, had a title. Mm. That's it. He was given control of a city that had oppressed him. He was given power over the people who mistreated him with just one single soup. And he even said, it was not me, it's God who, who reveals this. Because when God wants to use you, he uses you for his glory. Mm. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see I have set you over all the land of Egypt. The Bible says, verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old, a very young man, <laughs> when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly, which is what Joseph had interpreted in the dreams. So remember, Joseph explained the dream that there will be seven years where there will be a lot of abundance in the land of Egypt, and then there will be seven years that follow immediately where there will be lack, famine, right? And so he said now to, to, to Pharaoh, find a man who will be able to do the administration and ensure there's a lot, enough that has been stored in the time where you have plenty. So now that has been assigned to Joseph. So it says, now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid it up in every city. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. I, I don't know if you read this and you can see the excellence of this man. You know, some of us, we are given responsibilities, but we do not execute with diligence. Listen to the story. This is the man who's coming out of prison, wrongfully in prison. He has been given the task of saving the country that has mistreated him. Yet he's very faithful. He's going city by city. When people are having fun, because there's a lot, people don't even believe. When they see plentiful, they don't believe that famine is coming. So nobody really cared, except for Joseph, because he believed the word of God. I want you and I to believe the word of God so much that when he has instructed me to do this, I will do it. Even if the circumstances are not conducive, even if the people around me don't behave like wise, I will say, God... You sent me to do this work. I will do it to your satisfaction. Amen. Not as unto men, but as, as unto the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 23. Amen. So you see the diligence. He gathered up all the foods. He gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea. Until he stopped counting. For it was immeasurable. Planning to save a nation with excellence. He pursued excellence. <laughs> Let's read Genesis 41, verse 56 now. Let's have 53. Then the seven years of plenty which were in the land of Egypt ended, as God had revealed. And the seven years of famine began to come. As Joseph had said, the famine was in all lands. But in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. 
and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain. Not only Egypt, countries. Countries were coming to this man who had given himself to pursuing excellence, who had decided that he will do his best nonetheless. When his own blood brothers wanted to kill him, he decided he would still do his best nonetheless. His blood brothers sell him to the Ishmaelites. Here is Joseph going through the lineage of Isaac to Abraham. He's been sold to the Ishmaelites who come through the lineage of Ishmael. Imagine how much condemnation was he getting, abandoned by all his own people. Sold by the Ishmaelites mm. to Potiphar. He gets there, he could, I would have imagined that I would suck. He doesn't suck. He decides that I will do my best. Nonetheless, even in Potiphar's household. We see Joseph in Potiphar's household. <laughs> that even though it was for the benefit of Potiphar. Where he did not need to be a slave. He managed the affairs of Potiphar's household with excellence. That Potiphar himself said to Joseph, 
I trust you with everything except for my wife. Well, even I wouldn't trust anybody with Potiphar's wife. If you know the story. Because of the promise she herself was. But Joseph does his best nonetheless in a household that is not his. Where he's a slave. He runs it efficiently. Because his mind is to say, I do it as unto the Lord and not to man. <laughs> and he did his best as a slave. He did his best nonetheless. He goes and is sent to prison because Potiphar's wife accused him wrongly. He goes into prison. He does his best nonetheless. He was not even given trial. <laughs> it seemed like there was no rule of law. So we see him in prison giving his best nonetheless. Eventually he comes out. He's given a position of power and of influence. He had an opportunity to be vengeful and avenge for how the Egyptians had treated him. He could have wiped out Egypt by not being excellent. By not storing the food when the seven years of plenty came. But still he said, I will do my best. Nonetheless, and he did his best, and because of that, he was able to save the Egyptians. He was able to place Egypt in a position where nations would come to him to buy, to buy food because there was famine in all the lands. So, in closing, my encouragement to you and to I is to see, unleash your potential. Because your best ushers you towards your purpose. Amen. Because your best guides you in the direction of your destiny. Amen. So do your best nonetheless. Amen. And watch God do the rest. Mm. Yes, your networks might not be helping you to get work. Mm. But do your best Amen. nonetheless. Amen. And watch God do the rest. Yes, your qualifications might exceed your current work responsibilities. But my urge to you is to say, do your best nonetheless and watch God do the rest. Yes, your work experience currently exceeds the role you've been given at work. There are people who have far less years of experience than you, but they are higher up. Still, I say to you, do your best, nonetheless, and watch God do the rest. As we saw Joseph doing it. You may have even been a loyal servant at your company. Where you have not been recognized. You have not been rewarded. You have not been promoted. You have not been given the opportunities that you now deserve. But still your mind must say, do your best, nonetheless, and watch God. Do the rest yes, in your family. Yes, you might feel like maybe they are favorites. Oh, yes. Maybe you are not treated fairly. Mm. Maybe your siblings are not fair to you. Mm. Maybe you are not getting the opportunities you deserve. Mm. But even in that household of your family, oh, my choice yes. to you is do your best, do your best. nonetheless, Amen. and watch God yes. do the rest. Yes, you have transcended difficult circumstances. Mm, mm. You have succeeded against the odds. Mm. To get where you have gotten to, you deserve more recognition than you are getting. You deserve to be recognized, to have influential roles and positions. Mm. But 
nonetheless do your best and watch God do the rest. Somebody say my best nonetheless. My best nonetheless. Because doing your best nonetheless unleashes your potential. Because doing your best nonetheless opens doors that were shut. Because doing your best nonetheless prepares you for a future of great possibilities. Because doing your best nonetheless capacitates you to seize opportunities within the lifetime of the opportunity. Because doing your best nonetheless unleashes and inspires the best in others who see you. Because doing your best nonetheless draws you closer to purpose. Because doing your best nonetheless forces you to be faithful with what has been entrusted to you. Because doing your best nonetheless cultivates a culture of faithfulness. Well done, good and faithful servant. Do your best nonetheless and watch God do the rest. Father, we thank you.